Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number three. Welcome, everyone, today to the program. My name is Brian Holmes, and I am extremely excited that you've decided to join us for episode number three of the Strategic Living Podcast. It's a beautiful day here where I live in Dallas, and I trust that wherever you are in the world, it's a beautiful, wonderful, peace, and joy-filled day as well. Well, it's going to be an exciting program today. We are talking about how to discover your one thing, and I am just looking forward to sharing some concepts, some ideas with you, and hearing your comments regarding this subject. Well, let's get started. Welcome, everyone, today to the program. It's Brian Holmes back with you again, and let me just start out by saying it has been just incredible the response that we have received with the launch of our first two episodes. Of course, in episode number one, that is episode 001, we just took some time to introduce ourselves to you and share with you a little bit about our background, about our story, and some of the reasons why we do what we do. And in episode number two, we really began to dive into more of the format and the content that we're going to be providing to you week in and week out. And, you know, I just tell you, we've already hit the new and noteworthy uh, listing in iTunes in all three categories uh, for which we're listed. Those are health, uh, which subcategory of self-help. We're also in the business category, and we're also listed in new and noteworthy in our primary category, spirituality and religion, under the heading of Christianity. So I'm just excited. We're, We're reaching people with this great message of hope and healing and strategies and personal development and potential. And I'm just really so honored and so pleased that you're along with us uh, on this journey. So just want to talk to you for a little bit here before I begin to say that if you have not yet signed up for our weekly updates on our website, I don't normally do announcements at the front end of the show, but I really want to encourage you to do that. Every single week, once a week, we send out a summary email just showing the blog post, the podcast. We have a wonderful new tool that we're presenting to you every Monday called Monday Mastery. This is really for those who are leaning toward developing their personal leadership, those that are looking to grow their their effectiveness, their potential. We're talking about personal mastery, values, self-investment, and self-improvement, and just growing into that person that God has uniquely called you to be. So we have Monday Mastery on Mondays, we have a blog post on Wednesday, and we have the podcast on Fridays. And so I would love to be able to communicate with you that way. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to send you a 1,001 emails. We just want to keep in contact with you. And I want to just ask you right up front today, as I will do again at the very end of the program, share this with someone. We want to get the word out about strategic living and about the the message that we have been really wanting to put out there for some time about transforming minds, developing leaders, and changing nations. We've shared this with you before, but our desire here on this program is to see individuals really healed, their, their heart really, really reconciled, and all the things that maybe have haunted them or held them back, 
We want to see those things really uh, reconciled and dealt with on a very, very strong level. We want to see people's minds and belief systems transformed. We want to see you put away all limiting beliefs and all things that are holding you back. We want you to discover who you really are. And I guess to summarize all of that, at the end of the day, my desire for doing this podcast is just to see you become all that God has created you to be and give you the impetus and the power to do all that he has really put in you to do. There's a great dream inside of you, and we want to see you accomplish that. Well, on this episode today, I'm going to be talking about how to discover your one thing. How to discover your one thing. And people really spend their entire lives doing all kinds of things. Man, they they just busy themselves doing busy work to stay busy, to avoid not being busy. And we live our lives for so many reasons, to impress other people. Maybe we are living vicariously through someone else. Maybe we're living our lives striving to make a living. Maybe we're living our lives just to please somebody else or to fulfill somebody else's desires or dreams. But I have found that most people never really find their lane. They never really find the one thing that, frankly, connects them to God in such a way where Their purpose, their destiny, their passions, their dreams, their desires all converge at one place, and it's in that place they find fulfillment, success, happiness, joy, and whatever plans God had for them, they find themselves fulfilling those. And today, I want to just talk with you for a little bit about what if you could zero in on your true God-given destiny? What if it were possible for you to work your way through all the muck and all the mire and all the tragedies and all the difficulties and all the busyness and all the complexities of life? And what if we could help you to whittle down to, man, if I could do anything and if I could focus all of my energies and my heart and my passions toward any one thing, this is what I would do. And this is what I would be. And this is what I would spend my life doing. This is where I would invest myself. And I just want to tell you right up front, it's possible. It's beyond possible. There is something unique that you were designed to accomplish. Something that you specifically are here on the earth to do. And I'm just going to refer to that today as your one thing. I want to start with a a scripture reference And it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And this is a scripture that we have spoken over our children for many, many years. It's one that I personally confess and use as an affirmation on a weekly basis. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. And I'm going to basically, I'm going to quote it to you, but I'm going to sort of extemporize a little bit and translate it in my own English. It says something like this, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans for your good health, plans to enlarge you, plans to expand you, plans for your children, plans for your business, plans for your ministry, plans for your invention, plans for your hobbies. I have plans for you. 
and their good plans. That's Jeremiah 29, 11 in the Brian Holmes translation of the Bible. So from that one verse of Scripture, there are several things that we can draw out as premises for where we're going to go today. Premise number one, God has specific plans for your life. Number two, premise number two, his plans are for my good. His plans are for my success. His plans are for my happiness and my joy. That's number two. And premise number three, life is a choice. Because later in that verse it says, choose life. I've set before you life and death. Choose life. And so life is a choice. I can choose to cooperate with the plans that God's already predetermined for my life. I can choose to believe in my own ability and my own competency, my own potential, because God put it there. I can choose to look at obstacles and say, yes, it's an obstacle, but yes, I'll find a way around it. I can choose to succeed or I can choose to remain right where I am. So premise number one, God has plans. Number two, his plans are for my success. And number three, life and what I get out of life is a choice. Well, this podcast is named Strategic Living. And I'm sure some of you are wanting to to understand what that really means. So I want to just jump in here and say that anything that you do in life where success is the end result, it will be because you have been intentional and or strategic in your approach to accomplishing that thing. Strategic living, if I would render a definition, is the vigorous and free-flowing pursuit of being alive while actively crafting and working with my dreams, plans, strategies, methods, and my acquired skills to achieve a predetermined result. I'm going to read it to you again. Strategic living is the vigorous and free-flowing pursuit of being alive while actively crafting and working with my dreams, plans, strategies, methods, and acquired skills to achieve a predetermined result. So strategic living is knowing God's plan because he has plans. But it's not enough just to know his plans. I have to live his plans. Strategic living is not walking through life and just simply living it by happenstance or hopeful randomness, I call it. Strategic living is not flying by the seat of one's pants. That's not how life happens. Strategic living is not just simply the repetition of purposeless activities. We, we many times equate how busy we are with effective and purposeful living. That's a mistake. Strategic living is the process and the procedures of manifesting the plans of God through intentional and systematic movement. I want to do that again. Strategic living is the process and the procedure of of manifesting the plans of God. And remember, he has good plans. And I manifest those plans through intentional and systematic movement. There is a direction that I must be moving in. Strategic living is the substance of managing and stewarding 
my potential. So if I could summarize all of those little points there concerning strategic living, strategic living at its very base is intentional living. It's living life intentionally. It is living life using my mind and my heart to think about what is it that I will do today? What can I move toward today? What can I achieve today? So what does it look like then to, to build a strategic life? What, how does one come to know what their one thing is? How does a person really discover what it is that they're here to do? And then how do they begin to draw out a plan to live that life? Well, I want to give you six major categories in the process of building a powerful strategic life. Here they are. Number one. It begins with self-discovery. That is the very systematic exercise of identifying your purpose and identifying those values that define you. The second major step in the process is visioning, what I call visioning. This is where I articulate with great thought and great intentionality and great specificity the vision for my life one year from now, three years from now, five years from now, 10, 25, 50. And I have individuals in my life that are challenging me to create a 100-year vision. You say, well, that's nuts. You're not going to be around 100 years. Well, I will not be here 100 years from now. There's no question about that. But my great-grandchildren will be. And decisions that I make today will shape their starting place. Decisions and choices and things that I do today regarding visioning for my life will dramatically impact where they begin their journey and where they land up. And so thinking about my vision and the roles that I play and the missions that I will take on in my life, these things are critically important. Step number three in the process of building a strategic life is personal preparation. Or excuse me, I'm sorry, let me back up. Self-discovery is number one, visioning number two, and the third is strategic planning. This is where we take the purpose that we have identified, the values that we have identified, the vision, the roles, and the missions. We take those pieces of data and factors and we put them together to form the how, the plans, the steps, the strategies. Step number four in the process is personal preparation. This is where we do honest assessment. What skills do I have? What knowledge base do I have? Uh, what, what resources do I have within myself and in the relationships that I have? And as I assess what I presently possess... I also become aware of the things that maybe I don't have in my wheelhouse that I will need in order to execute the how or the plan. And so the, the personal preparation side is going out now and acquiring, whether it's through education, seminars, uh, a personal coach or a mentor or someone that can actually help me to acquire the skills, the knowledge, the understanding, the wisdom that I need to execute the plans. 
That brings us to step number five in the process, which is implementation. And so now that I have the plans and the resources that I need, I have to, guess what? Here we go. Big word. I have to actually start. I have to actually take a step in the direction. I have to execute step number one, whatever that may be. I have to do something. Someone said, before you can be great, you've got to be good. Before you can be good, you've got to be so-so. Before you can be so-so, you've got to be really bad. And before you can really look bad, you've got to just get up off the bench and try something. Do something. So we've got to do something. That is accomplishing tasks and benchmarks and goals in order to fulfill the plan. And then, of course, step number six is the perpetuation and the maintaining of what we call strategic living, which is enjoying the life God intended as a result of having accomplished steps one, two, three, four, and five. Now, this is a broad brush, and I know that I'm supposed to be talking about the one thing, but I'm getting to that. But I wanted to give you this broad brush of the process of building a strategic life because it is paramount that these ideas are in your mind to know that this is intentional living here. I've got to be intentional about this process. So let's talk about discovering your one thing. When I bring up the word destiny, or if I mention the word purpose, obviously there are hundreds, if not thousands, of books that have been written, tape series that have been recorded, CDs. You guys are probably thinking, man, he's dating himself. He's talking about tapes. Well, you know what? I still have a library of cassette tapes because for the last 25, 30 years, I've been consuming content and consuming uh, materials so that I might grow my mind and my heart. So yes, I have tapes. But (laughs) anyway, there are so many resources out there. YouTube, Vimeo, blog posts. There's just, uh, it's countless now. This is, we're on the tail end of the information age. We're now in the quantum information age. It's just, it's craziness. There's so many things out there regarding purpose or regarding destiny. And I'm not trying to add one more drop in the ocean uh, as if I am, for whatever reason, my definitions or my my explanations are better than someone else's. Frankly, I, I probably would say that what I believe to be true about destiny and about purpose is the amalgamation of all the things that I've heard over the years. So while most people understand the idea of purpose or even destiny for that matter, for the most part, those, those words are theoretical. And they're theoretical in that most people can say to you, this is what purpose is. But they themselves really haven't identified at a heart level what their purpose is or what their destiny is. And therefore, it has not been applied in their very real life. So for the purposes of this podcast, I want to just throw out to you that there is a distinct difference between destiny and purpose, but they are both integrated as one in this process of finding your one thing. They're very much integral parts of what makes up my one thing, your one thing. So let me explain. Just quickly, I don't want to become really redundant here, but I want to share with you some definitions and some ideas regarding destiny and purpose so we can get to our main point. Destiny is something to which a person or thing is destined, okay? So destiny is that thing to which a person is destined. Don't get confused. Just hang with me a minute. Destiny is that which I have been destined to. There's something to which I have been destined, and that place is my destiny. 
Well, that's an interesting word, destine. What is that? That's a verb, destine. And it means to decree beforehand, to predetermine, to designate, to assign, to dedicate in advance. It means to direct or to devise or to set apart for a specific purpose or place. So if you're like me, you believe that before you arrived in the earthen realm via the birth canal of your mother, There is a greater power. I I believe it to be God Almighty. I believe it to be uh, the creator of the universe. But that power, that God, determined before the foundations of the world, there was something specific that I would do, something specific that I would be. I was set apart for a specific purpose and a specific destiny. Now, here's a premise that I'd like to throw into the mix here. In order for someone to receive a destiny or to be destined, someone else has to destine them. In other words, someone must possess the power and the authority to destine. In other words, I can't just say I destine myself. There has to be someone outside of myself that says, Brian Holmes is destined to become this. And that person decrees and predetermines, assigns, directs, and sets me apart. So I don't destine myself. I walk in and I cooperate with and I move toward my predetermined destiny. Well, let's throw another word in here, destination. Destination. Destination is the purpose for which something is destined. It's an act of appointing, setting aside for a purpose, or predetermining It is a place to which one is journeying or to which something is sent. And boy, could I really reference some wonderful Bible verses right here. Destination is not just where I'm physically going. The destination is the realization of who I really am and coming to a full revelation of who God has called me to be. The destination is the purpose that provides me my very identity. The destination helps me to clearly see what is my one thing. That's destiny. Well, what is purpose? Well, purpose is the reason for which something exists or is done. It's different. It's the reason. Purpose is an intended or a desired result. It's an aim. It's a goal. It's it's the end game. It's the objective. Purpose is the subject in hand. It is the point at issue. It is the main keeping the main thing the main thing. Purpose is the practical result, effect, or advantage that comes as a result of particular actions being taken. Let's contrast these two, but yet show their relationship. Purpose speaks to the reason why a person exists. Destiny speaks to the predetermined result that one's life will produce. Again, purpose speaks to the reason why an individual exists, but destiny speaks to the predetermined result that one's life is going to produce. Purpose speaks to the who and to the why. 
purpose speaks to the who I am and the why I'm here. Destiny speaks to the what is it that I'm here to do and where am I assigned to do it. I hope that helps you. That really just, that makes it clear for me. Purpose speaks to the who and the why. Destiny speaks to the what and the where. So my ultimate purpose, my my overlapping purpose is to be who God called me to be and then to do precisely what he's called me to do. It's purpose and destiny working hand in hand to formulate, if you will, my one thing. Now, my ultimate destiny is to finish, to fully accomplish all the assignments, the objectives, and the overall plans. Remember, we began with, I know the plans I have for you. So my ultimate destiny is to finish and to accomplish and to fulfill all of the plans that God has predetermined for my life. So now I want to get to the main points of this particular episode. Discovering your one thing involves several key steps. I want you to write these down. They're going to be on your show notes. Uh, we'll make these available to you in detail. But if you are aware, you can write these down. I, have, I find that it helps to write as I hear because it, it somehow uh, concretizes that thought in my mind. So discovering your one thing involves several key steps. Let's talk about these. There's four of them. Number one, identifying and owning your personal core governing values. You say, I don't have a clue what a governing value is. You know, I value eating. And I value good health. Everybody wants to be healthy. So there's, there is a level or a measure of value assigned in my mind for me to me being healthy. But apparently, if you saw me in person, you'd know that I was probably 40 pounds heavier than I need to be. And I had both breakfast and lunch today, neither one of which were extremely healthy for me. And I am probably consuming uh, three to four large glasses of sweet sugar iced tea a day and one or two soft drinks. And so apparently, even though I value eating and I value good health, apparently I value the pleasure of eating more than I value good health. Simple example, but understand this. What you value the most is the result you will see in your life. What you place the highest values on is where you will see growth in your life, and that growth might not be good for you. It might be the perpetuation or the the expansion of bad habits, bad health, bad financial results, but whatever you value most is what you will move toward. I'll give you this example. Some people just scream and holler, I want to be out of debt and I want to be financially independent. I'm gonna I want to be rich and I want to be prosperous and all that, yet they'll spend eight to ten dollars a day on Starbucks. And I have nothing against Starbucks. I love me some Starbucks. But I will tell you this is that when a person values drive through coffee, expensive coffee, more than they value financial independence and being debt-free, it says to me they're on a path. 
and the path is going to end up, the destination is going to look like their values. So I have to identify not what I want my values to be, but I have to really look honestly at what is it that I am presently placing higher value on that is creating the result that I'm presently experiencing in my life. So I have to identify and own my personal core governing values and really work to understand what are my top 10 or my top five governing values that I want my life to be shaped around. Number two, we have to identify and own our driving passions. What are the things that you are most passionate about? What are the things that you enjoy doing more than anything? What are the things that you absolutely just get ecstatic about? Now, listen, anyone that knows me at all or for any length of time knows that I am a crazy, fanatical, very, very over-the-top person when it comes to aviation. I absolutely love flying. I acquired my private pilot's license in 1992. I've been flying ever since, but here, my, my love for flying did not begin in 1992. It began when I was a three or four year old child. I lived less than three miles as the crow flies from the approach end of one of two runways at Houston Hobby Airport in Houston, Texas. And so all the traffic all day long would be flying over my house at about five to 800 feet above the ground level. And so I would sit out in my front yard or I'd climb up in one of my homemade tree houses and I would sit there and I would just dream about one day I'm going to fly. One day I'm going to fly. I love airplanes. And my dad noticed this in me and he bought me all kinds of aviation books, including student manuals for learning how to fly as a kid. And I read them. And then as this passion began to grow even more, he would take me to, to air shows here and there, and he would uh, drive me literally 45 minutes across to the other side of Houston to go to the larger airport, which is now George Bush Intercontinental Airport. And we would drive to the top of the parking garage and sit on the roof of the parking garage, and for hours we would watch planes take off and land. So this goes back to my childhood, but in 92, I got my license. I flew for quite a number of years. In the year 2006, 2007, I received my instrument rating, my commercial license, my multi-engine rating, and I, I took my flying to a whole other level. Well, I'm telling you what, if you can probably hear it in my voice now. When I talk about flying, I start talking faster and more passionate because there is nothing about aircraft and flying that I just don't love. I love it. And you see, that's a part of who I am. And it's one of those identifying markers as to what my life is intended to be. And we'll talk more about that. But what are the things you're most passionate about? Number three, identifying your talents, your skills, and your abilities. And I can hear you now. Well, you know, I was taught all my life that I needed to be humble and, and you know, not take credit for anything. And I, I'm not supposed to really talk about, you know, the things that I'm really good at. Baloney. Baloney. Now, it's one thing to be cocky and arrogant and stuck on yourself and self-absorbed. I understand that. And I, I pray I never come across that way to anyone, and I hope you don't either. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's imperative that you are strongly confident in the things that you're good at. What am I good at? What are my talents? What are my skills? What are my abilities? Each of us are born, I believe, 
with natural instincts or inclinations towards certain things. Some people are very musical, and they take to music like ducks to a pond. Some people are just gadget people from the time they're born, little kids tinkering with electronics. Some people are really good with their hands and with construction and and fixing things. I promise you that's not me. But these things are born in us. They're, They're there before we ever arrive. And we have to know what are our talents, our skills, our abilities. Where, where are our strengths? Where do our strengths lie? And number four, once we have identified governing values, our passions, our talents, our skills, and our abilities, we, we take the time necessary to find out where do these factors connect and meet. Where in my life, what opportunities, what possible careers, what hobbies, where can I see all these things converging at one point? So let me give you some ideas just as examples. I take individuals in my coaching practice through whittling down to their governing values, their top 10 or even their top five governing values. And here are mine, by the way. My top 10 core values are authenticity, number one, what you see is what you get, keeping it real, Dr. Phil. Number two, faith. Number three, leadership. That's personal leadership, leading myself, leading my family, and leading those that, for whatever reason, gravitate to following my leadership. Number four, my fourth governing value is uh, personal growth and personal mastery. Number five, I value healing. Healing is a process. It's ongoing. It takes place our entire life in various stages and levels. But I love allowing my heart to be being healed all the time. And I also love seeing other people healed. It's a value to me. Number six, my family. You say, well, Brian, shouldn't your family be number two, number three? Well, number one, two, three, four, and five have more to do with me personally than they do anybody else because if I am not whole, if I am not functioning at my optimum potential and my optimum power, then I cannot be to my family what they need me to be. So those top five, I don't apologize for it. They're, they're, those are the things that, that keep me where I need to be so I can be what I need to be for other people. Number six is my family. Number seven is fulfillment. And notice seven is fulfillment, which does not have anything to do with money. Seven is fulfillment. Number eight is prosperity. So I value being fulfilled more than I value my bank account being large. Trust me when I tell you, I really, really want my bank account to be enlarged. But I would rather be fulfilled in what I'm doing than to chase after all the money in the world. Number nine, relationships. And number 10, generosity. So authenticity, faith, leadership, personal mastery, healing, family, fulfillment, prosperity, relationships, and generosity. Those are my top 10 values. So guess what? That's step number one. I I identified and I own. These are my values. Number two, step number two was list the top five passions in your life. 
Well, for me, it's teaching and training, number one. Two, facilitating healing processes. Number three, travel and flying. Number four, passion. It's a passion. Learning new things. I love to learn new things. Number five, generating content and corresponding revenue streams. That, those are the things that if, if I could spend 80% of my time doing those things, I'd be a happy man. And by the way, I am a happy man. Next is the skills, talents, and abilities. Perform an assessment. Look at your life and, and decide what are my top five or my top ten talents, skills, abilities, strengths. In my case, I identified them to be communication. Number two, strategic thinking and problem solving. Three, compassion and empathy. Four, coaching and mentoring. Very, very, uh, it's just a talent I have, a skill that God's given me to, to go in and think strategically, to coach and mentor people and help them to become what they've been called to be. And then five, and this one surprised me a little bit, but technical acumen. Uh, I'm not real, I'm not a techie guy, but you show me something one time and I can pick up on it and I can do it. So these are things that are strengths to me. And so I work with my strengths. I don't emphasize what I'm weak in. I emphasize what what am I strong in? And then I look, okay, I've got my top 10 values. I've got my top five passions and I've got my top five talent, skills, and abilities. Where is it in my life that those things converge? What is it that I could be doing? What is the one thing or the one or two things that I could be focusing my life on that allow me to function within the context of these strengths, these personality styles, these values? For me, it was consulting, coaching, public speaking, teaching, writing, and podcasting now. I, I love conferring information. I love being a conduit through which information and revelation and understanding can flow and lives can be impacted. That's just, it just, it's a passion to me. And, and I have found a number of connecting places that allow me to function within my values, my talents, my skills, my abilities, and my passions, and do so in a way that brings me great happiness, great fulfillment, and, ladies and gentlemen, also provides me with the means to provide for my family. You say, well, where does that whole flying thing come in there? Well, I'm really glad you asked because everywhere I go, I get to fly on an airplane. I travel commercial airliners, and I fly myself a lot of places in a private aircraft. That's right, me in the left seat, and I'm going wherever I need to go to impact someone's life. And I get the joy of doing something that I love to do, and it is a tool for me to do the other things that I enjoy doing. Isn't that cool how that works? Isn't that cool? You say, well, what difference does it make that my, uh, what my one thing is? It's not going to put food on the table. I beg to differ with you. I beg to differ with you. Well, Brian, you know, my parents taught me to go to college and get a degree and get a good job and just be grateful that I have a job. Or, you know, you might say, well, Brian, in today's economy, I'm just grateful to have a paycheck. Folks, I understand where you're coming from. And I am a, just a huge believer in being thankful and living from a thankful heart. But I tell you what, to, to settle into a mindset that all I can do is survive, that all I can do is hold on to that last string at the end of that last piece of rope, I won't buy into that. And I won't in any way concur with that mindset because that is not what God created me 
to do. Why should I live my life in survival mode? Why, why do I have to give up my dreams, my desires, my destiny? Why do I have to just throw it in the towel and say, well, if I do have a one thing, I guess I'll never know what it is. No, a thousand times no. Why should you settle for just getting up every day, doing the exact same thing you did yesterday, and not in any way, form, or fashion be connected to the one thing that God really created you to do? Why should it be your plight to live the best years of your life and do so simply so someone else's dream can be fulfilled? I want to challenge you. There is a one thing, and I've given you some steps today, values. Got to know what your values are. What are your passions, your dreams? What are your desires? Perform an assessment of your talents, your skills, your abilities, your strengths. And then really take time to find where do these things all converge together? And could it be possible that at that place I would find my one thing? I came across a video that, that just absolutely, I couldn't, I just couldn't say no. <laughs> so I'm going to play you a clip from a video. This is a short clip from the movie City Slickers. And in the, the clip, you're going to hear Billy Crystal and his character ask him, well, why, why are you holding up your one finger? And just envision in your mind that he holds up the number one, one finger. But I want you to hear this because in my mind, this really speaks to what we're talking about here today. Do you know what the secret of life is? No, what? This. Your finger? One thing, just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean. That's great, but what's the one thing? That's what you gotta figure out. That's what you've gotta figure out. It's the one thing. You say, man, it's just it seems like such a complex process. No, it's really not. It's simply deciding, I am going to put my mind and my heart into this. And I am going to seek out, what is it that God uniquely created me to do? Who am I? What is it that I am on this earth to contribute, to accomplish? What is my one thing? Ladies and gentlemen, you are created for a purpose. There is a distinct lane that God has designed just for you. You do not have to simply exist or get by or maintain. That is not your plight. You can tap into the greatness that is already present within you. Yes, you can. You can find your one thing. And you can begin to design a life around that 
And I believe with all of my heart that when you get into that lane, you will impact your world in a way that you've never dreamed possible. When you and I engage the one thing that God put us here to be and to do, the results, the fulfillment, the impact is unmistakable, immeasurable, and profound. So I want to ask you today, what is your one thing? Are you willing to pursue this? Are you willing to look after finding out what it is that you can be and do? Are you willing to to create a new normal? Are you willing to throw everything out of balance and out of order just long enough for you to figure out, okay, all this stuff that I've been stuck in a rut doing for all these years, it's just not who I am. Will you lunge into the process of discovering who you really are so that you can live a purposeful life so that you might land up at the destination that God always saw you arriving at. There are a couple of resources that I want to suggest to you. Number one, on our website, brianholmes.com in the store, we have a number of things where we talk about identity. We talk about the battle for the mind. We talk about a number of things there that can help you to begin this process. I find that knowledge and teaching helps me to process things and helps me to walk through the, 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 the little sequence of events and processes necessary to come to a different result. Also, I want to recommend to you a couple of books that I have come across that I think are just profound. And one of them is by a person who I have had the pleasure of meeting, and you may know of this person. His name is Dan Miller. And he is uh, at 48days.com, 48days.com. And Dan Miller is one of the most prolific encouragers, strategists, challenging minds of anybody that I've ever frankly met. He, He is a guy who is constantly challenging the status quo. And frankly, most everything he does, his podcast, his blog post, his writings, all speak to finding out who it is that God's created you to be and just going after that thing with abandon. Dan Miller, 48days.com. And I want to specifically refer you to a book that he wrote a number of years ago that became a New York Times bestseller. It's called 48 Days to the Work You Love. 48 Days to the Work You Love. There's going to be a link in the show notes Also on the front page of my website, brianholmes.com, at the very bottom, I have some recommended reading there, and that book has been on that list for a long time. So 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. Another book that I want to recommend to you is by Jay Papasan and Gary Keller. It's called The One Thing. And it it speaks directly to this, but in a real modern-day context, because it deals with this daily barrage of of emails and tweets and Facebooks and company demands and business struggles and family this and all the things that we get caught up in that we lose focus of the one thing that really is the most important in life. And I want to recommend that book to you as well. There'll be a link in the show notes to that one as well. The One Thing by Jay Papasan and Gary Keller. Well, I trust this has been a real strength to you today, and I hope it's challenged you to think outside the box. This is a little bit longer episode than we've had in the past, but man, I'm, I'm excited about this journey that we're on together here on strategic living. 
Next week, I'm going to be talking about recognizing and navigating seasons of transition. Recognizing when you're in a season of transition and knowing how do I navigate this season of transition effectively and successfully. I have a dear friend of mine who says this, life is lived on levels and experienced in stages. And I have found this to be so true. And it seems as though every time we are about to graduate to another place in life, another level, if you will, there's always some season of testing or some season of struggle or some season of transition. And transition is one of those things that many times causes individuals to become anxious, even fearful, and in some cases, even totally paralyzed. You see, leaving one place or one state of being and moving to another season or place is very difficult because here, here's the thing. It involves letting go, completely releasing and letting go of what we have come to be so familiar with. And then it requires us to embrace something that we know little or maybe even nothing about. And so there's this place in between letting go and embracing the new thing that is just sometimes so difficult to grapple with. You know, transition is like that clean white sheet of paper between two chapters in a book, and you're right in the middle of this unbelievable story, and at the end of one chapter, it leaves you hanging. And then you turn the page, and it's a blank page, and you're like, what? I, I, it, there can't be a blank page here, but yes, transition is the blank page between two chapters in your life, in between chapters that represent a story that is yet unfinished. I want to tell you this too, and this is a preview of next week. How you leave one place determines how you enter the next. That's very important to know that. So next week, we're going to dive into this thing. We're going to look at what it means to, to really successfully steward that place called between, that place called transition. And so I want to encourage you, go to our website, brianholmes.com. On the front page, right-hand side, you're going to see a little thing that encourages you to leave a voice message right there on your computer. Leave us a question. We want to engage with you and talk with you regarding this idea of transition. Well, that sound means it's time for some announcements. Got some really important things that are coming up here that I want to share with you. And uh, I think it'll be a benefit not only to you, but anybody you may know. Let me tell you first about our Romanian Leadership Conference. We have been doing this meeting for a number of years. Matter of fact, this might be my sixth or seventh time, I think, to travel to Eastern Europe. But what we do is we actually host anywhere between 100 and 150 leaders, depending on who can come at the time that we place the invitation. And we bring them in from all parts of the region, Germany, Austria, Romania. We, we convene usually in Romania. And for four days, I pour into these guys. I teach them principles. I teach them leadership. I teach them success principles. I teach them uh, even things having to do with, with the faith walk or the kingdom of God, things that would affect their progress as a people and as a nation. This is a nation that has only been free of communist rule and oppression for twenty, just a little over 20 years. And we have now a generation of young leaders coming up 
that are hungry to see their nation really come into its own. And so we believe that it's a phenomenal investment to invest in the life of an individual. It costs about $150 per leader because we actually host them. We pay for their transportation to the venue. We pay for their lodging, for their meals, all their materials, books, anything we provide to them along that line. We believe that they are worth doing something with excellence. We want them to perceive and to feel that these folks care about us and they believe that we are worthy of this investment. And so I want to ask you to go to our website, brianholmes.com, and there on the front page, on the home page, down the right-hand column, you will see a logo that says Romanian Missions or Romanian Leadership Conference, whatever it says there, and you will be able to click on that. It will take you to a link that will give you an overview of what we're trying to accomplish here and what our needs are in reference to that. It costs us $150 per leader to sponsor uh, these folks to come in. And I believe that it would be so great if you could help us to sponsor a leader, maybe several leaders, maybe even 10 or so, whatever you feel like is appropriate and whatever you feel like is on your heart to do. We would greatly appreciate that. I also want to tell you that I speak all over the country, all over the world every year, but if you would like to have us come and do a seminar, maybe a uh, one special presentation or keynote address or uh, come in and work with your leaders, whatever we could do to serve your organization, serve your cause, uh, whether it's a church, a conference, an event, whatever it may be, we just want to come and serve you in some way. If you'd like to find out more about having us come to speak, just go to brianholmes.com forward slash forward slash speaking, and we will be happy to uh, to have a conversation with you about what we could do for you there. Lastly, I want to mention to you that I am a master coach trainer, and we do certified professional coach uh, training here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on a regular basis, August 12th and 13th. That's just in a week or so. We're going to have a training right here on a Monday, Tuesday. It's an all-day Monday, all-day Tuesday affair. And uh, that act, that training actually provides you with the necessary work that uh, gives you the credentials as a certified professional life coach, business coach, executive coach, uh, whatever genre or niche you feel like you're called to work in. Uh, also on September the 20th and 21st, that date has changed by the way, it was the week before, but because of my travels to Romania, I had to push it back by a week, but September 20 and 21, a Friday, Saturday, we'll be doing another one of the trainings here. So there's opportunities coming up both in August and in September for more information, brianholmes.com and right there on the front page, you'll see a link to become a certified coach. So one last thing I want to ask of you, and that is this. Please subscribe to our updates. That will help us to keep in contact with you and make sure you're not missing any content. And concerning this podcast, two things. Subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. And also, while you're on in your iTunes app or whatever app you're using there, if it's Stitcher or Zune or Blackberries, make sure you rate our podcast. Go ahead and rate there. If you, if you listen to an episode, it's a blessing to you in some way. Uh, write a review. That gives us tremendous credibility in the marketplace. It also helps us uh, to gain more visibility so more people can find out about what we're offering here. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, to share the links for our posts, our video blogs, our Monday Mastery, our podcast. Share this with your friends. Help us to get the word out. And uh, I just know that we are going to be enjoying this time together for a very long time to come. Well, that's it for Strategic Living, episode number three. And I trust that something we've shared today has challenged you to pursue God's very, very best for your life. There is a one thing out there, and I believe with all of my heart, if you'll just take the time and really pursue it, it's going to come to you. You're going to find it, and you're going to get in that lane, 
and you're going to run like a champion. I would be very, very grateful if you'd comment on the episode. Just go to brianholmes.com, go to the show notes that we provide to you there, and we'd love to hear from you and be in a great conversation with you right there. Well, another one in the can. This is fun. I'm having a great time. I love sitting here in the studio and just being able to engage with you even like this. But what's going to make it even more exciting is if you'll jump on the website there and and comment, engage in conversation with our tribe, with our community. Hit us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+. Just... Let's have a conversation about you becoming all God has called you to be and do. Whatever we can do to serve you, just know that we're here. We believe in you. You were made in his image. You were made in his likeness. You're destined for greatness. God bless. We'll see you right back here next week.